Despite 30 points from Trey Murphy the third and a win, Summer League quickly turning into a disaster for the New Orleans Pelicans with EJ Liddell going down with what appeared to be a scary looking injury. We've got an update for you in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday day after the Pelicans win a summer league game, 101-73 over the Atlanta Hawks. But it was overshadowed by a big injury to EJ Liddell. And summer league wins and losses don't matter. But injuries to players, particularly scary-looking injuries, yeah, that's that's not great. So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team, including summer league, the good, the bad. We've got a lot of draft coverage if you're still interested in learning a little bit more about these rookies and Dyson Daniels, EJ Liddell, and of course Zion's extension and what that means for the team going forward. If you haven't listened to the show with Antonio Daniels, please go. Last Friday's episode. Awesome, awesome show. He's one of the best. So today... EJ Liddell goes down. This is just not great, right? Like none of the Pelicans rookies played in this one. None of their drafted rookies, I should say, played in this one. Dyson Daniels hurt his ankle, his right ankle in the first summer league game Saturday. Didn't play. I don't think we'll see him again in summer league. Carlo Matkovich, their other second round pick, didn't play after getting five stitches from cutting his thumb on the rim in the game on Saturday. And now EJ Liddell going down after he looked good. Right In almost 13 minutes of action, he was a perfect 3 of 3 from the field with 4 rebounds, 2 assists, not 1 turnover, 6 points during that stretch. A couple of mid-range fadeaway jumpers, that like go-to shot from him in college. He was in just like a groove, right? Just going out there and kind of playing his game, not doing too much, you know, to use a cliche, letting the game come to him and just doing what he does. And it looked good. You started to see how active he was, fighting for boards, right? We know he could pass a little bit too, two assists. And then it's kind of a weird sequence of things. You know, early on in the second quarter, he was out there on a fast break and Najee Marshall tried to throw him a lob that was just a bad pass. And he goes up for it, doesn't get it, comes down, lands hard and is favoring his right leg. Goes to the locker room, though, comes back to the bench, and then comes right back into the game. Things seemed fine. And then a little bit later, he got caught trying to post someone up. And I don't really know what happened. Maybe he was just trying too hard to battle for a position down low. Gets caught up and kind of fell to the ground and kind of like rolled his upper body on that same right leg. Like it almost looks like it might have been like a hyperextension or something like that to a certain degree with it kind of bending. Similar to kind of what happened to Jameis Winston, though... You know, I'm not a doctor, right? Don't don't hold me to that sort of thing. 
leaves the game, can't put any weight on it, goes right to the locker room. You know, the Pelicans rule him out soon after that saying, you know, it's a right leg injury. He won't be returning. There was a wheelchair they got for him. And after the game, head coach Jaron Collins for the Pelicans in Summer League gave us the update that, yeah, he needs to go and get a MRI and he's going to be getting that. I just got an email from the Pelicans. Let's see what that is as I'm recording this. Okay, nothing there. Um, So that's kind of where it stands right like he's going to get an MRI and we'll see you know Dyson Daniels didn't go and get an MRI the fact that he needed a wheelchair the fact that he couldn't put any weight on that leg and it's not a no contact a non-contact injury but similar ish you know when you kind of go down and it's your own doing it's not like someone knocked knees with you or something like that just I always caution like don't rush to judge injuries you know until we actually get like the medicals and everything but yeah that one worried me a little bit about what we saw from EJ Liddell in this. It's just not a great summer league for Pelicans rookies with everything that's been going on. What's awful for EJ Liddell, and this is where the Pelicans are really going to be put to the test, right? They haven't signed him to a rookie deal because, well, they don't have a roster spot for him. They hadn't signed him to a two-way because I don't think he wants a two-way, even though guys drafted ahead of him were signing two-ways. And so it was going to always kind of be a bit of a problem of what, what do they do with EJ Liddell? They need to create a trade where they send out two guys, bring back one or three for two, basically an unbalanced trade to bring him uh, to to create a roster spot for him. They don't have space on the active NBA roster right now. So maybe they were waiting to do that. And as I've said, maybe you don't make a trade like that. You know, once you could sign him to a deal and then make a trade. But if you do that, you lose leverage in those trade negotiations because teams are going to know, well, they're trying to clear space, a spot for this dude will help. But the price is going to go up to help because now you're kind of desperate. But he hadn't signed an NBA contract yet. you know. And right now, the only thing available are a few options. They could sign him to their other two-way. Darian Sebron is the current one right now. It, depending on how bad the injury is, of course, right, might be a bit of a waste. But in a sense, that's doing the right thing by him. Certainly, I think maybe signing him to the active roster goes out the window right now. You could try signing him, you know, to a more G League-esque contract, but I don't think he's going to do that whatsoever. So it just puts him in an awkward and awful spot. And I'm really curious, with the second round being very agent-driven and them trying to steer their players to right teams, you know, could this be a situation where the Pelicans just try and do right by him in some capacity? Is it just give him the two-way deal? even though he might not be playing for a while or at all this year, just to kind of be like, here's some money. We understand how this happened. And they could. I wouldn't have a problem with them doing right by a player, kind of sending that message across the league to agents. Puts you at somewhat of a competitive disadvantage because I want to get into Daquan Plowden and Tyreek Jones, along with Jared Harper, other guys that could make a case for that other two-way deal. But it's just an like an awful situation for EJ Liddell and just super unfortunate and it's just like sucks, right? It's just kind of one of those things that, that absolutely sucks. And there's no two ways about that because we were all really high on him. I had him as my 19th best prospect on my top 30 NBA big board. So thought they got a steal in the second round. And it's unfortunate that the injuries are kind of doing this to the Pelicans in summer league. And again, I don't really care about the wins and losses. You got guys to be healthy. Dyson Daniels will be fine. They're just not going to play him out of an abundance of caution, similar to the Orlando magic shutting down Paolo Bancaro. 
But this one, we'll wait to see what it says, but this one didn't look great for EJ Liddell, and hopefully we get some good news, and it just looked worse than it actually was. But we got to wait to see what the MRI results come back with. We might get those in a day or so. Hopefully, we can get that done first thing on Tuesday morning so that we can kind of get the news soon and hopefully get him to a speedy recovery to whatever it is. All right, let's talk about Trey Murphy next. 30 points for the second year man. Looking like a man out there, the best player on the court. Let's talk about what we saw from him in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. That is coming up next. He looked freaking good. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar's got the Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff Bar. I actually literally, yesterday, got a box of those in. They are awesome. This is from the people who invented healthy and tasty and comes the latest gift to your taste buds. That's how good they are. You probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given the Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. That right, the that's right, the brownie chunk built bar flavor you love, but in delicious, chewy, healthy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. This was my lunch yesterday. So you can stop drooling and listen right now because these are good for you. They're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, and they are all delicious. And they're only here for a limited time. So go to built.com right now to make sure you don't miss out. These are gonna go fast because they taste amazing. And the coconut brownie chunk flavor is the most popular one they have. So go get it in the light, the airy, the really fluffy marshmallow, and it's all made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of additional health benefits. So eat something that tastes good and is good for you. And they're the biggest part of it, right? You can eat this thing that tastes better than a candy bar and be guilt-free. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your next order. That's the promo code I use. Use promo code LOCK15 at built.com to get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at built.com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team, whether it's Summer League and Summer League kind of being a disaster for the Pelicans right now with the injuries. You know, we're going to soon get into season previews. We're still going to be five days a week for the remainder of this month. I might drop it down to three days a week for August and then basically come September 1. There's going to be too much to talk about. And I'm excited about this team. And I know you're excited about this team. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Of course, follow along on YouTube. And if you ever want to support the show, help keep it free in five days a week for y'all. Just comment down below on YouTube. Do you think, today's question, right? Do you think the Pelicans should do right, whatever that means, by EJ Liddell? Or is it just a business? You got to be a little bit cutthroat. Let me know down below in the comments. Should they do right by EJ Liddell? Yes or no? Y or N? They don't need to do right by Trey Murphy because Trey Murphy did right by the New Orleans Pelicans in this game, pacing them to this win. He was the best player on the court by far, and he showed it. I thought he looked good in game one, minus the three-point shot not falling. But he attacked the rim in that game, got inside, and tried to put pressure on the defense. He was perfect at the rim. I think he was like 6-6 six six in that game. Getting downhill and attacking and just realizing he can do more than anyone else. And look, he is taller. He is grown. He's put on a little bit more muscle, and you can see that adds a lot of confidence to his game. It makes him feel that he can get past guys and score with those ranges. Look at some of the layups he scored in this game. Arms out, right? Just no one can contest that because the dude has just got some physical gifts that are out of this world. 30 points on the night, 10 of 18 shooting. 
three of six from three. So what is that? Seven for 12 inside the three point line, seven of nine from free throw. So he got to the line a bunch, six rebounds, two turnovers, and just one foul. Guy was great. I actually thought his defense was pretty good because he was poking balls out there, being real active with those long gangly arms, which is exactly what you want to see out of him. And I loved what he said after. And it also shows the culture of this Pelicans team to a certain degree. He is given the post-game interview, and you've got Brandon Ingram and Jose Alvarado there just joking with him, being defense wasn't good enough tonight, bro, after he just goes and like propels the Pelicans to a victory. One, I like that they're having fun with him. I like that they're there hanging out with the team in Summer League. I like that Brandon Ingram is there being a member of this squad, right? And we'll see Zion there very soon, by the way. And I'm excited about that. So it's great that these guys are there. And then what I love is Trey Murphy, instead of being like, screw you guys, I just put up 30 and we won. It's like, no, you know what? I thought my defense could have been better. You know, he had a great line of like, my dad was my biggest hater growing up, but I've kind of taken on that job and now I'm my own biggest hater. He wants to grow. He wants to get better. You love to see that from these guys. We talked before Summer League started here on the show about what these guys who are established NBA players could show us. Trey Murphy's scoring 30. I expect that. That doesn't, it's not that I'm not impressed, but you get what I'm saying, right? What I want to see from him is not that. You can't name half these players and won't even know who half the guys are on these Hawks that they just beat. But I wanted to see the leadership, right? The mental growth. Him going like, no, that wasn't good enough. Yeah, that's the kind of mental growth you want to see from this guy. He's not satisfied just going up and putting 30 in this game. And nice to see his three-point shot fall a little bit more. That's exactly what you want to see out of Trey Murphy, and that's what he delivered in this game. And it also sounds like it's probably going to be the final game for Trey Murphy in Summer League. He, he doesn't need to show anymore. He doesn't. I'm not one of those people who thinks you don't need reps in Summer League or you're above it. More live game reps, only a good thing for all of these guys, including Trey Murphy. But he does not need to be there. And with the way the injuries have kind of fallen on New Orleans, right? Taking out Dyson Daniels, EJ Liddell, we'll see if Makovich plays anymore. It means that like teams just key in on Trey Murphy if he's playing, right? There's fewer threats out there for them to need to worry about defending. That means more bodies. That means maybe more fouls. Given how things have gone, we don't need that, do we? We don't need to see that anymore. There's no reason to risk an injury for a guy that is going to play you know, some small ball five for New Orleans, be a stretch four for him, play on the wing and guard one through four, potentially one through five at times. He's going to have a big role, I think, or he should be having a big role, Willie Green, in this rotation next season. And so there's no reason to risk any sort of injury to a guy that is going to be a key piece for another Pelicans playoff push. So it's definitely time to shut him down. That also sounds like we are not going to see Najee Marshall anymore. Again, Najee has proven it too in Summer League, right? Summer League all-star, basically, in my opinion. Though he didn't have an amazing game here, just going four for ten, nine points. What more do you need to see out of him, right? Like, at this point, give some of these young guys the reps. Now, these young guys are dropping like flies a little bit here, so I don't know who the reps are necessarily going to go to. And we'll get into some of the names coming up here next, right? Tyreek Jones, Daquan Plowden, and Jared Harper. But Najee doesn't need him. And at this point, give those reps, give those 10 shots to guys who value will value those more. And it's more important for their development. So I don't really need to see more of Najee. I'm glad that both these guys are getting shut down. I think at this point, the Pelicans are like, okay, we got to be a little bit careful with Summer League. And I don't think you're really going to see much of any kind of named players going forward with this team that you expect to see during the regular season. 
or anything like that. Still good experience for these young guys. And look, Summer League's fun. I'm glad to hear the Pels 12 out there and everyone having so much fun with it. So still an awesome experience for a lot of people. And I'm glad these guys are playing. And we've seen what kind of what we needed to see from a number of these guys, particularly Trey Murphy, just being aggressive, getting downhill, attacking. I love that. The three-point shot falling, his arms in the passing lanes, being disruptive and active on defense. And he doesn't think he was good. Yeah, give me this motivated, growing, like physically growing, right? He's going to get close to seven feet, it seems like, Trey Murphy. And I'm really excited for what this team is going to be able to do next season. So coming up, Jared Harper, Plowden, Jones. Let's talk about those guys. Is there an, you know, could they get a two-way deal? Are they the other people, depending on what happens with EJ Liddell? Let's talk about what we saw from them in this game, because I thought all of them were impressive. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Still five days a week for y'all. The only show coming to you like this with this regularity, talking about the biggest stories, the biggest topics, the things you want to hear about this team. And it is Summer League right now. So it's going to be fun to see some of these young guys get some more run. And I am very excited about it. And we'll be covering it here daily on Locked on Pelicans. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment wherever you get your podcast. You can do it on Spotify now too. And of course, leave a comment down below on YouTube. Easiest thing you can do to help the show. Comment down below on YouTube. More comments, the better. Do you think the Pelicans should do right by EJ Liddell in whatever capacity that is? And feel free to tell me what you think that would be. So other guys who shined in the Pelicans' 101-73 win over the Atlanta Hawks. We looked at Jared Harper the other night. He stepped up for New Orleans, getting out and scoring. 14 points on this one. Didn't take a ton of shots from the field, but actually did, right? If you look at that, you're like, wait, 14 points on just five field goal attempts? That's insane efficiency. Well, he got to the line 12 times, making nine of them. He was just aggressive and getting downhill. And this is a guy who spent some time with the Pelicans last season on a two-way deal. And... He, man, he wanted to try and score. He wanted to hurt that rim like it owed him money or something like that, it seemed like at times. And they couldn't stop him. There was one play in the third quarter, I think, where on an inbound, he just took the ball and freaking scorched it all the way down the court and just got a, a layup dunk. Super easy, one-man fast break because he realized the defense wasn't paying attention. It won't happen at the NBA level. That might not happen at the G League level. But I like that he saw that and was like, all right, I'm going to go and do this. I like that just relentlessly attacking guard something that the Pelicans do not have on this team right now you know maybe Jose but still a little undersized but he's going to be more of a point guard I think for this team facilitating and shooting because yes he can shoot as we all know so it could be Jared Harper who is their guy again the only option they have right now for anyone is either an exhibit 10 deal where you sign them to a G League contract and basically if they stay on that team the whole season they get an extra bonus of money is what that basically does, or the other two-way. With Darion Sebron right now being the two-way guy, he didn't score in this game. He hasn't looked particularly good in either one, but he hasn't gotten a ton of minutes, and I'd like to get the Sebron experience coming up over these next couple of games. But Jared Harper being on a two-way deal, you know, having ties to the state of Alabama playing over at Auburn under Bruce Pearl, that's the type of guy that I think is useful in Birmingham, particularly if he looks like he has an NBA future. I'm not quite sure if he does or not, but he was good in this game. He was also willing to share the ball. 
seven assists on the night, really kind of being that playmaking guard that they need. And those are the type of guys that really thrive in summer league, creating for others and opening others up. And so you saw him take full advantage of that. It makes him an intriguing option for the other two-way deal. But so was Daquan Plowden, right? He looked really, really good in this one. He's out of Bowling Green. He went undrafted, played five years there. You know, he could potentially be in the running for that spot. This is a wing with good size, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, or so. Again, five-year player, having played extensive minutes, improved every single year that he was at Bowling Green. You know, finished his fifth-year senior year at 15.7 points per game, seven rebounds as well. You know, he's more of a scorer guy, a 3 and D kind of guy in a, in a sense. Shot for his career, 35% from three. Not amazing, but still pretty good. And he was just active in this game. Five of seven from the field. One of two from three, so he made that three. 16 points. He got to the line five times, made all of them, and rebounded well. And he battles for rebounds, right? He gets up and goes after them. Got an offensive rebound for a great putback dunk. A good size. You know, he moves well enough defensively and he almost played 24 minutes in this one that's a guy that I think they could look at again more wings that do things that's what you need at the NBA level he's not a playmaker and I think that's the one thing that probably prevented him from going drafted in a sense alongside his age and maybe one thing that kind of holds him back from a big future in the NBA because as I've said you want playmaking wings right that's a big reason why they drafted Dyson Daniels a guy that's more of a point guard in like a in a small forward body a power forward body in terms of height big long playmaking wings a la Brandon Ingram that's going to be in my opinion kind of big part of the future of the NBA he doesn't have that playmaking part he has the big wing he has a potential three-point shot he's defense he's got rebounding but not the playmaking but it's a useful role player to have I think and so this is a guy that could end up, you know, maybe on one of those Exhibit 10 deals to play in Birmingham to kind of keep him in that system. And I wouldn't hate that because I really liked how active he was in this game for the New Orleans Pelicans. And final guy I really want to talk about is Tyreek Jones, their center, who started this game in the place of Carlo Matkovich. 11 points, 9 rebounds, right? 4 blocks, 4-5, four, 3 of 4 from the free throw line. They, the Pelicans went to the line 31 times. The Atlanta Hawks went 19. Pelicans shot 80.6%. How different is that from last year when they were just missing those free throws all the time? Love that they're getting to the line, which should be a strength of New Orleans this coming year. And played fast and really trying to get out in transition. We're going to talk about that a little bit more with the take foul rule, which we'll get to at some point this week because that's changing. But Tyreek Jones played incredibly well, right? He was basically a man out there. This is a guy who played at Xavier, in the past three years, he's played overseas, not really finding his way in the NBA, but pretty good size. He's, he's built like an NBA player, looks like an NBA player, significantly stronger than a lot of those other guys that you're seeing out there, right? Six foot nine, 240 pounds, and the four blocks giving them some rim protection. I don't know. You know, we've talked about the one addition I think they really need to make this offseason in free agency was maybe another big man, a solid backup big man that gives you some rim protection that's a little bit different than anyone you have on the roster currently. Well, you don't have a roster spot for that guy right now. So you're not going to go out and get him. And it's not like they're like tons of those guys in free agency. It's kind of thin on that front right now. Pelicans kind of missed the wave of free agency because they didn't have a roster spot. 
What if you put Tyreek Jones on a, on the other two-way deal so that if you need that, well, you can call him up. And if this is something you feel you're missing, play him in some of the games. Give him a call up. Let him get some NBA minutes and see. And if it doesn't work, because he hasn't latched onto an NBA team yet, well, he's on a two-way deal. It's pretty easy to move on from those guys and you don't need to worry about it. But that would potentially preclude EJ Liddell from getting that other two-way deal and the Pelicans, in a sense, doing right by him. So the Pelicans, it's a good problem to have, but also not a good problem to have, kind of the situation they're in. And it's one for EJ Liddell, which just sucks. And I feel so bad for him because, again, this guy was really high on, could not believe the Pelicans got him in the second round. It was going to be like a huge sleeper for me. As you all know, I was super high on him. I really hope we get some good news on the MRI. So it's been a bit of a mixed bag for the Pelicans since summer. Like Trey Murphy looking great. Some of these other guys looking good. But the injuries, whew, just need, need to do some voodoo here in New Orleans to maybe kind of wipe that out. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with y'all tomorrow to keep talking Summer League. We're probably going to talk NBA take foul. If you don't know what that is, this is going to impact the league big time this season. We'll break it down in tomorrow's episode of Locked On Pelicans.